time. This is the hour. Ours is the magic. Ours is the power. Now is the time. This is the hour. Ours is the magic. Ours is. I, I don't think we can afford a fade out, so I'll, I'll just fade out. Ours is the power. Welcome to episode one twenty-three. Bloody hell! Of ribbon of memes, a podcast where we interrogate films previously spelled out by wizarding experts as masterpieces. Um, we are going uh, quite late Halloweeny for this episode because we are all over 1996's uh, film directed by Andrew Fleming. I had to look that up again because I had forgotten him again. Um, the Craft. Hmm. And I, I, I will admit this is one of my suggestions. Um, because one, one of our considerations for masterpieces on, on, on this podcast is how, how influential was it? How much was it copied? How much did it just fade into the background of, well, obviously that stuff's out there. Yes. And you can then build your film on that. And I, I think this one has been hugely influential in that respect. It is, and to me, in a way, because it's so influential, particularly in sort of, uh, well, so the craft is, we should point out, it is a, a sort of combination of, um, a teen, uh, mean girls flick style thing, um, with, um, uh, mashup horror film because it's, uh, this, the, the teens who are bullied in this case happen to be, uh, witches. Mm. And it's, it's sort of Carrie-esque, Revenge drama. So it, it's sort of been done before in the sense that the bullies eventually get their own. But we'll talk it through a bit well, more. But to, to some extent, I think it would be fair to say that the, the John Hughes high school films were themselves parodying the whole Mean Girls thing. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and this is to some extent a reaction to those. But yeah, OK, let, let, let's synopsize first. So, yeah, kid moves to new high school. Uh, she She falls in with the... Uh, outcast crowd, which in this case is the witchy crowd. Which is very, uh, I mean, we'd seen a few films like this before. I, Heather, this feels a little Heather's adjacent, hmm. um, as well. Yeah, which again is, is coming off the same tree. I mean, there may well be some Ur film, um, that, that defines the, the high school tropes against which films like this react. Unfortunately, I feel it, I fear it may be 16 Candles. <laughs> I, I I like to think it's Breakfast Club, but you may be right. Maybe it is Sixteen Candles. Um, uh, we have talked about Breakfast Club on another episode. Yeah. If you want to go down that route. Uh, but anyway, they 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 are uh, they they are doing ritual magically stuff. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to some of the, some of that, but yeah. Well, it's not clear how successful they've been before um, our new arrival, Sarah, joins the coven. Do they describe themselves as the coven? I'm pretty um, sure but, they do, uh, <laughs> at least internally. But uh, you get the feeling they've just been sort of messing around with it before. Yeah, uh, so I, I think there's a suggestion that if if, if they have uh, four practitioners, then they will be able to do uh, rituals on a, on a more formalised basis. Yes, they've been looking for a fourth. Um, so yeah, various bad things are happening to them, but, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're walking home and a, a scary homeless guy harasses Sarah, um, and, uh, then gets hit by a random car. Yes. 
Now, he's the same scary homeless guy that happened to break into her house earlier, whether that's relevant or not. Mm. Or, or just sort of wander through the open door. The, the suggestion is he is not, in fact, you know, just a ra- random, random guy who doesn't appeal to me. He is, in fact, potentially dangerous. Yes. I also got the slight suggestion he's some kind of... He's a bit like the um, toothless guy in 12 Monkeys that apparently random, doesn't have much useful to say, but could be serving some sort of higher purpose and you're not sure... Or maybe has knowledge so beyond the the uh, the the secret knowledge of the homeless people. Which there's a whole um, role playing game about that, but uh, we <laughs> we won't go into that either. So um, Sarah goes on a date, um, and that then is dis- uh, somewhat disconcerted to discover that um, he he's spreading a rumor that they had sex and she was terrible. Yes, because uh, gosh, teenage boys. Anybody think? <laughs> Speaking as a former teenage boy, I'd just like to say I'm very, very sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, apologies. Um, so they, yeah, they, 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 they cast various spells. These are successful. Um, the, the, the jock becomes genuinely infatuated with Sarah. Uh, the the uh, girl who to got, the point of obsession. The girl who got scarred in a fire heals, um, and also manages to embolden, uh, cause severe alopecia to her. Uh, her bully, her mean uh, that, girl. That, I think that's um, Rochelle who has the bully, bully. She sends bald. Oh yes, you're right. You're right. The, she has a. Um, uh, she's a a black girl. The, the one who's living in a trailer with, with a mother and abusive stepfather. Um, well, the stepfather just mysteriously has a fatal heart attack. There's a bit of a, a monkey's paw theme. Uh, <laughs> to uh, well, no, he's, he's a pretty horrible person. He, he is. That's true. <laughs> Um, but fortunately, he also has life insurance because this yes. is the days where people had life insurance. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so basically, things are working out. Sadly, that wasn't widely imitated by by the rest of the world. <laughs> well, um, not now. And what what I think is the meat of the film is not you know here here is weird ugly power, but all right now you've got this power, you've effectively got no caps on it. What do you do? Hmm. And, uh, I agree. It's, it's not that, it doesn't take long before the supernatural creeps in and it's not really, it's not a slow build, particularly with the, with the, wow, we've actually got these powers now. And they don't particularly play that, you know, none of them seem especially surprised because it's what they've been working towards. Mm. I mean, they're they're, they're believers before the film starts. Yes, exactly. So it's not like, whoa, we got this power. They just suddenly have the power. But yeah, they, they, have to realise the consequences of that. Uh, but what, one of them in particular, uh, Nancy, uh, played by Farrow Um who I haven't seen in anything else. I yeah, she really didn't have here. a huge. I mean, she she was she was in a bunch of stuff, but it's not stuff you've heard of. To to rough. Uh, she she was in things to do in Denver when you're dead the year before this. Sure. Oh, I haven't seen that either. I've heard it's good. But, you know, looking at it apart from that, it's a whole bunch of titles and very little ones I've ever heard of. Well, it's funny, actually, uh, sorry, that, that's, uh, we can talk about what happened to the cast and things afterwards, but we're still sort of synopsizing. Uh, but anyway, she, she, she is the one who goes power mad. Um, lo- local occult shop owner, a, a, ti- a tiny part, but I really would have liked to see more, um, a Sumter Cerner who, who is clearly, uh, th- there is some sort of constraint on her that sh- that she's only allowed to give good advice and not say, you idiots! <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
Yeah, she has a nice, um, she has a nice uh, little part of the. You, you kids think you're the first people ever to discover magic. <laughs> Yeah, she's sort of the your meddling in powers you cannot possibly understand, but she's it's very underplayed. I agree. She's not, uh, she doesn't um, actually give them it. Maybe if she had done, things would have worked out better. So yeah, yeah. Nancy goes off. Um, Nancy gets struck by lightning, which is generally a sign that something is going a bit weird in your, in your ritual practice. I feel, uh, or that you're doing on a very flat <laughs> flat land uh, with a pole in your hand, yeah. a metal pole. Um, it worked for Ben Franklin. So, yeah, Bonnie, Bonnie the burnt and healed girl becomes not, more narcissistic. Um, Ro- Rochelle, the one with the bully, finds the bully is getting traumatised. Um, obsessed Chris tries to rape Sarah. Um, he, he, it all starts to get out of control. And, and as far as Nancy's concerned, this is just great. She uses a spell to make herself look like Sarah and uh, go after Chris and so on. Yeah. People get killed. Um, it's, uh, yes, it, go, it goes wrong. It's all fun and games until someone loses their life. Um, which in this case is, uh, is Chris. And, uh, so, so Sarah tries to, uh, bind Nancy. The rest of the, co- the coven turns against her. Um, there, there, basically there is a big fight and Sarah turns out to have, have the, uh, natural gift. Yeah, she's the, the true Jedi, or whatever, born to the calling. And um, I, I, I rather like the ending, because a, a, lo- a lot of endings would say, oh, well, you know, it's all back the way it was, or something of that sort. But at, by the end, um, the, the, the two subordinates, which is, are now without powers completely, Yes. Uh, they visit Sarah to try to apologise, and Sarah just really, really isn't that interested in, in their apology, because, you know... They all know what they did. Yes, exactly. It's, it's kind of mean. And she also, she's aware they're kind of bit players in a way. <laughs> so she's almost not interested in them anymore. Uh, she, she, Sarah blatantly does have powers left at this point. And uh, Nancy is in, in an insane asylum. Uh, presumably stripped of all her powers because she's been bound. By since, since she's still there, it's strongly suggest, strong suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Um, so it, it's um yes it's yeah. uh, I had not seen the craft before I have uh, as will probably become relevant seen all of Buffy uh, <laughs> and yeah so I, it, I I've it, never seen the TV series I it, it didn't particularly appeal to me at the time and then you know there's a lot of other TV so yes yeah it's well the the thing about Buffy um is that it's a lot more intelligent, and that's probably true of the film as well, than it kind of has any right to be. Mm. Now, doesn't the Buffy film predate this, or was it the same year? Um. I'm not sure. But I know Buffy, the TV show, started... I can't have been long after this. Was it 97? Uh, So, yeah, 92 film, and then the series premiered in 97, so probably would have been in production when when this came out. But yeah, this is a, a very kind of Buffy adjacent. Partially, it's um, California and it's um, urban fantasy, should we say, which is what Buffy's all about. Well, before urban fantasy had become codified, but the basic idea that we we have our vampires and werewolves and stuff, but we have them in the modern world, not in history land. Yes, which I, mean, I think this, arguably this... starts with a Dracula, given <laughs> that the whole point is we're bringing him in, into the heart of the British Empire. We're not just leaving him in Transylvania. 
Exactly. Well, you could, you know, Lovecraft in a way. Yeah. You know, these were contemporary stories. But uh, these films like The Craft and TV shows like Buffy's, uh, Buffy's, Buffy, um, and things like, I guess, it wasn't, they weren't the first two, things like The Night, The Night Crawler, the, the old, um, TV show with, um, oh, Darren McGavin as the reporter. Um, uh, they they were all these kind of um, monster of the week TV shows, but they, they, this film is kind of more uh, more intelligent and more feminist than it, I guess it needs to be to work, which I think is something nice about it. Mm. I I mean I suppose a lot of these teen dramas are uh, I think more intelligent sometimes than we give them credit for. Some are some are not, but. It's also, you know, it's playing to an experience, and we talked about this in the Breakfast Club. The American high school is already a slightly fantastical setting for you and me because it's just so different to British uh, high school experience that yeah. it already seems slightly heightened reality. Mm. Yeah, so certainly it, it feels very synthetic. Yes, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to say that there aren't high schools like that. I, I, I suspect that there aren't high schools that match all the points, all the cliche points in the film. But I, but I bet you know most high schools will probably have the popular girls' club at the very least because that's just a, a thing that humans do if you don't stop them. But then there's a there's a point to um, hitting these cliches because you know as soon as you see it, you know exactly the setting you're dealing with. Yeah, and I mean, this... to to us it's familiar from other films. To to the intended audience, perhaps it's familiar from their lives as well. But yeah, you know, they've seen other films as well. But it's uh, you straight away know the setting, and then you don't need to spend much more time on establishing mm. that. You can get straight into the meat of it. So I suppose there's a point to that. This being the cliched American high school. Which always seems to be in California, in the TV, in the films anyway. It's probably Convenient rather different experience. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That's probably got something to do with it. I mean, how, how many high schools are there in the 20-mile zone uh, where you don't have to pay your uh, crew extra expenses for going further away from... Yeah, uh, probably yeah, a few. Uh, the, <laughs> that's probably a good point. Um, but it's... So, I mean, we have, we have these uh, uh, four leads here. And they're all quite, well, at least two of them are quite strong female characters, and I don't know if that was a... Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that the complexity is always there, but they, they, they are definitely distinctive personalities, I think. Yes. Um... And it certainly passes, passes our, which we haven't talked about for a while, certainly passes our Bechdel test, although they're thinking about boys and other things. Uh, other a things, lot of their yeah. conversations, uh, a lot of their conversations are nothing to do with boys. Hmm. Um, which is nice, uh, you know, they have their own lives and they have their own hopes. And I particularly like the portrayal of, um, uh, Nancy's home life. And, you know, you can see how she came from where she was and, and the, the difficulties she had. It's only really Nancy and Sarah. In fact, Nancy gets more of a sketched in home life than even Sarah, I think, who just gets a very slightly sketched. Her mm. parents are obviously quite wealthy and have moved. Um, but we really see what kind of hell Nancy lives in and, and why she kind of gives zero fucks about anyone. Yeah, I mean, it's not saying that this is the right thing for her to do, but you can at least see, well, yeah, I can see how she could have made those decisions purely on the basis of self-preservation. Yes. I, I did have some slight... 
I suppose on the on the feminist angle, I have some slight concerns that it, it sort of turns it. I don't think this is particularly the point it's making because I think this is the the general shape of any story like this. You wish for power, you get the power. Uh, this is not what I imagined it to be, um, and now we're in trouble. But it feels like this is because it's quite a sort of. Um, uh, female-led film, maybe rather than feminist film, mm. um, because of that, it's uh, it, there's a sort of undercurrent that concerns me that is like these women can't handle this power. Um, uh, I, I don't think it's really suggesting the film. This is probably me being too sensitive on other people's behalves, but I wonder if you probably would have a similar. I suppose weird science follows a similar sort of trajectory. Um, but it, it concerns me a little bit that the women can't handle the power and then they have to have it taken away from them. Yeah, but on the other hand, they haven't taken away from them by another woman. That's true, yes. And, it and is the... by, by one of them. I mean, they don't, they don't even need... Uh, I've, I've forgotten the character's name. Uh, the magic shop. Uh, yes, uh, are, are briefly Lirio. appearing... Uh, yes, they, they they don't need to have it taken away by her or you know by some wizardy figure or whatever else. They 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 do solve their own problem ineptly a little bit or yeah ham ham fistedly sure. Um, but yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, so, so so I like that. Um, I I think the key thing for me and the thing that this really broke ground on was he's not satanic panic the film. It is not saying yes. if you get witchy powers you you will go mad. It is saying if you get power, you may not be able to handle it. And separately, witchy powers are one of the sorts of power you might get. Which, uh, yeah, yeah. I, that, I hadn't really considered that, but you're right. There's nothing like, they do talk about, um, is it Mammon, the, the demon that they make a, a deal with or the, the entity that Manon that they make a deal with, but it's not really, it's not really suggested particularly. I mean, you could read it that Manon is corrupting them and that's the problem. But actually, really, the message is more power corrupts. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think there's any this particular specific suggestion about power. that in the film. It's, it's, you know, if, if you do the things to get you more power before you are, um, what would you call it, ethically ready for it, yes, then, then you may have some problems with that. Uh, yeah. uh, much as we saw in Primer. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm somewhat reminded also of the... Um, at least the most recent incarnation of the colour out of space, um, where we yeah, we 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 have uh, our, our heroine do, do, doing pagan rituals there as well, and but in both of them they've got this thing which I, I am sure there are pagans who would agree that this is how it works. They're, they're, they're basically doing stuff out of books. They're trying to learn stuff out of books rather than um, developing yes. their own techniques. And that is certainly a thing that some pagans do. Uh, the, the the sort I've tended more to hang around with uh, m- much more. Well, let, let let do our own research and see what happens. Incorpor- yes, yes, incorporating so. things we find, sure. But you know, like, as with a good cook, you don't you don't make a recipe exactly the way it's written if you don't want it to be exactly the way it's written. <laughs> and I, I guess that is yes, exactly. There's more of a sort of personal gnostic experience to it. Um, whereas here, they they've tapped into something. And yeah, the film's quite ambivalent about what it is they've tapped into. Mm. Yes, they're using well, that, all the trappings the of it's paganism. Just it's just yeah, and, and whether it's not really clear whether you need to do all this ritual nonsense or whether they're just tapping into something somehow. Um, but yeah, it's not like you get a cackly devil turning up saying ha ha ha. Um, and it's it, as you say, it's quite clear that Sarah still has the power, is no longer 
you know, she's, there's no suggestion that she's forever damned or doomed. She's just getting on with her life, but mm. she has this thing in it. And it's also, I think the film suggests she knew she had some power before she moves there. Yeah, there, there are some hints at least. Um, there's also a hint that she's attempted suicide at one point. Uh, but I don't think we yes, ever really get the Or at least self-harm. Oh yes, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, you're right. It's, it's, it's certainly not like, oh, dark, be careful kids. Um, or you'll, you'll, go to Satanism too. Well, I think uh, you're right. Compare some, something like uh, Buffy the film, which, yeah, as you say, is, is 92, so, so it's uh, four years before this. Um, and that certainly has, we, yeah, we are heroically fighting supernatural creatures and, and possibly some of us have some knowledge, but there was, there was definitely, as far as I remember at least, no, no suggestion that the good guys would learn magic. Well, in Where, Whereas t- in the TV series they certainly do, with mixed results they do. as I understand it. Well, again, you get this corrupting thing, and there it's it's a similar thing actually. It's more power corrupt rather than this particular power is corrupting. It's not like the you know the um the dark side of the force or whatever. It's it's just the fact if you have this power, uh, you get too powerful, then you can lose sight of morality. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's um, it, it touches on all those points. It was a slightly, I wouldn't say it's not a hard watch by any means. The craft is a very good film. It's hard because it has been. It's so adjacent to things like Buffy um, yeah. that it it didn't feel very original to me, and that's unfair on it because I think it probably was original in '96. But it is so, it is so uh, '90s urban fantasy that it. Uh, but then it doesn't. It doesn't really hinge on the oh surprise, magic is a thing. It's it doesn't it doesn't play up to that at all. It's really about the dynamic between these four people. Yeah, as as far as could be done at the day, it's it's effectively saying okay, there is magic, and some people can learn it. Okay, now let's tell a story in a world where that's the case. Yeah, rather I think than that's let's a... tell a story about that being the case. Well, I think the proof of that is that actually this could have been a story about a different thing that they, uh, maybe they came into a ton of money, you know, it, it could have been a different form of power mm. and still follow the same patterns um, so I, I agree with you there, but I, I mean it's really well done, it's very nicely acted, I was slightly surprised to to see, I mean the only that this may be my future novel, but the only one of the four that went on to significant things is Neve Campbell who is is kind of one of the least? Um, uh, I mean, she's very good in it, but she's not to me. She's not the standout character. She's definitely one one of the secondary pair at the very, yes. at the very least, and arguably the least interesting of those two. As well. um, but so I was slightly surprised, you know, given that um, uh, Fizora is it Fizora Belt? Fizora um, Bolk, yeah. Fizora Bolk. Uh, she really has a standout performance. Sarah uh, is um, is Robin Tunney. She may have gone on to other things. Uh, well, as far ha- as I can see, her her other big role was actually the year before this in Empire Records. Uh, which, incidentally, that explains why her hair may look a bit strange because uh, oh, her head okay. was shaved for Empire Records and it was still growing back in, so she is in fact in a wig throughout this film. <laughs> oh, interesting. That might be why I don't recognise her from too much else. Um, I mean, um, she certainly... But, I mean, look, looking down her list, the, the, some of these are names I've vaguely heard of, but there's nothing here that I think, oh gosh, she was in that. Wow. No, she, no she's been uh, a bunch I know. of fair, relatively minor stuff. 
I think that's uh, fair for most of them here as well, which is a shame because they're mm. all. Very, I mean, they, they, to be fair, they have got work as actors since, and that's in itself that's um, that's an achievement. Um, but I, I felt they were all very good. In it. Uh, that said, Robin Tunney as Sarah, I don't think she got the most exciting role, but I, I don't know that she really sold it to me as having the self confidence of someone. Uh, it's a hard, it's a hard role to play that being both kind of needy for this group of people and also sort of rising above. She has to go through this transformation of, um, actually no, uh, not that I'm better than you, but I'm kind of beyond you now and I don't need you anymore. And she didn't quite, she didn't quite take me with her, um, in that acting performance. Mm. I think that's fair to say. I, I didn't quite feel it. I, I mean, I understood it. It's clear what's happening, but I didn't quite feel it with her. And because of that, uh, I felt the film didn't quite stick the landing in the, I just wasn't, I sort of felt, I, it creeps into, um, I, I felt the ending was a bit disappointing to me because it gets into, oh, this was all a dream or was it? And just sort of metaphorical battles and, uh, and then it ends with them just sort of zapping each other with spells until one of them wins. And I, I and oh look, mirrors. Yeah, we we mirrors are an important motif here in this film, guys. It started to look a bit like a nineties uh, music video towards the end. So <laughs> I, I think the ending. To didn't... be fair, at least some of the nineties music videos looked like it. But I do take your point. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, again, this may be the problem. I'm, I'm not. I it wasn't a like oh I just. I kind of, from the start of that sequence, I almost could have told you what was going to happen by the end of it. There weren't any surprises. And uh, consequently, I slightly switched off a bit to the point that there's been maybe a week's gap between uh, us finishing that film and me uh, and us talking now. And I had to sort of remind myself of the plot because it had faded from memory a bit, or at least the end of it had. There, um, there are also some surprisingly flat bits to it, yeah. Um, yeah, I I think to some extent they may have been expecting to to uh, say, well, you know, we've got these charismatic leads, and they 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 are fun to watch and they're fun to watch interact, which is yeah to some extent true. I I don't know Fleming's work. He, he's made ten or so other films, which frankly I haven't heard of. Um, <laughs> okay, that that's probably says more about me than about him. But it, it also says he hasn't made anything hugely famous. Uh, I did get the feeling at the time that, you know, okay, the, these actors are all fairly young, fairly inexperienced. Maybe a, a, a firmer directorial hand could have, in, could have really brought out their performances better. Yes, they're, they're I, okay, I, but they, they rarely rise to great. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's fair. And it feels horrible saying that, but it just, uh, it's, it's hard to pin on anything wrong. Um, but it, yeah, it, in some areas, it just left me feel a bit unemotional. I think the bit on the beach where it's all working, and uh, I, I think that worked quite well. Um, mm, it's well, a nice lots of bits there work. too. Yes, um, and I think the kind of yes, it's, it's all very beautifully shot, but not very uh, well for the most part. And I think that yeah, as you say, it's uh, maybe it's just the climax. It just felt a bit. 
I, I don't want to com- com- completely uh, <laughs> dump on this film because uh, there's nothing wrong with it. it. It just felt more serviceable than exciting. Towards the end, I thought the beginning was really good as well. Though, again, it's like these big old Californian houses, not old, but big Californian houses with open door, uh, and not much furniture in a billowing curtain. Again, I'm just half expecting meatloaf to stay <laughs> at some point. Um, but that's, that is probably my influence. Um, it, it looks like a 90s film, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, I don't mind the 90s. They're just nowhere near as good as the 80s, which is when I grew up. So, yeah. <laughs> but there we go. I, I feel like I'm being mean, but I think actually you've hit, hit upon the nail of it to me. I think it's a potentially great film, um, just needed a bit more polish and tightening up. Um, mm. uh, but as far as originality goes, it's hard for me to speak to it because I don't quite know, but I... I do think it started something or was at least in the vanguard of something that has now sort of in a way been and gone a bit. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think to some extent it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's become mainstream. Yes. Uh, particularly post Buffy. If, if you have a, a series about we are fighting the supernatural, nobody's going to be surprised if one of your characters is a witch in effect. Yes. Yes, exactly. Whereas uh, here. And, and I think th- this did a lot of, the, a lot of the job of paving that. Uh, the, I think they, right. they, they did do the really unprecedented thing of hiring an actual Wiccan to to basically come in and write the rituals and advise on here is oh, how stuff can actually work. Uh, Pat Devin, whom I don't know from anywhere else. Um, oh, that's interesting because you see such a lot of faux Wiccan. I mean, uh, that, that, as a non-Wiccan, <laughs> it's hard to recognise. Well, as a let's say enthusiastic fellow traveller, uh, there there is nothing here that says, yeah, this is the actual ritual that you shouldn't be telling people. Though Wiccan, Wiccan uh, the Wiccan practice doesn't really have secret rituals anyway, so fair enough. Um, right. Th- there's there's nothing here that says, oh yeah, I remember exactly this being done the way. But again, you know, you you have you put three witches in the same place, you'll have at least four ways of doing things. So. <laughs> Right, okay. The, Which, the, as fact, I understand the fact it is... that it's not the same as something else one has heard of does not mean it's not reasonably valid in the context of that particular tradition. Right. Uh, I think I under, having read Alan Moore's Promethea, I think, I think I'm sort of, <laughs> I think I'm following. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I like it a lot. It, it falls well, into for, that category. For, 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 those me. Who, for those who know what uh, this sort of thing is, if I say a chaos magician, um, you, you may know what I'm talking about. <laughs> now, uh, let's hope there isn't one listening. Um, so let's, I want to ask you, when did you see this film? Cause this was my first time of seeing it. Um, first time a few years ago. Um, three or four years ago, maybe something like that. Okay. So you didn't hit it right in the sort of the nineties wave of this. No. Stuff. Um, I, let's see, I was watching a, this was, we, we've talked about this on, on our, on our, um, personal history and anniversary episodes, I think, a bit, but I think this was, this was the time I, I was starting to fade out from regular cinema going. Yes. And, um, in, embedding myself deep into the internet and that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, I I'm, I remember hearing about this. I remember seeing posters for it, but uh, the impression I got was that it was high school comedy more than it was anything more interesting. Right. Okay. Uh, which was you know not not a genre that was of interest. Um, 
Yeah, I'd also note the um, Mercedes Lackey's Diana Trigard books came out late 80s, early 90s. And that th- This is basically, here is a practising witch, who is definitely one of the good guys, uh, who who is solving various supernatural problems? You you could call it proto urban fantasy, in effect. Yeah. Okay. Um, so again, again, that that that's actually a relatively short delay between book and film, um, treating on basically the same topics. Yes. Yeah. We, we've talked well, before, I think you're we've right. talked before the... about the twenty year delay while while the kid who who enjoyed the book grows up and gets to make films. <laughs> Crazy. I grew up on the worst witch books, which were uh, copied by a popper, popular wizarding series later on. But uh, we'll talk about that. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's worth bearing in mind. This stuff just isn't out there in any sort of quantity. There's Diana Wynne Jones, those who have the, have the I good sense gonna to mention, read. I was going to mention. Yes. Uh, it does feel. Um, Again, I, I'm not nearly as familiar with her either personally or her work um, as you are, but I, it, it does feel adjacent to that kind of. And I, she feels like a proto-urban fantasy writer as well. And uh, just just checking the publication dates, the first uh, Harry Potter book comes out in '97 as well. It, maybe there was something in the air around that time then, but as you say, maybe it was this this 20 year gap. But you're right. Perhaps one of the most interesting things this film does is help to rehabilitate witchcraft from hammer horror kind of Mm. because now this if you think about witchcraft i think a lot of the public consciousness is this sort of thing and that wiccan shop in the film rather than you know tits dripping with blood from a hammer horror film which you may have done in the 70s so that's that's a good thing that's happened yeah and and it's you know um i i think a lot of the reaction against ultra-orthodox christianity has helped on that as well you know somebody's saying well Yes, all right. The, the 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 church is down on witches, but this this may simply be we didn't they didn't like the competition, and they particularly didn't like the competition of people with actual power. <laughs> yeah, um, especially when it worked. Yes. That the, yeah, there's been there's been all right. There's been an awful lot of invention of the the hypothetical um, witch cult. Margaret Murray has a lot to answer for. <laughs> right. Yes. But at least these days, and, and again biased sample but at least the pagans i know are quite happy to say yeah this we know perfectly well that we've reconstructed this stuff or you know maybe that guy over there reconstructed this stuff and and has made up large parts of it but it's a system that works and therefore yeah that 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 is enough to for, on, to, to build an ethical system on it's, it's a framing system yes i i mean i and i suppose in a way there is a line from this to uh, well, not quite, but things like Hocus Pocus, um, which is the, the kind of Disney, uh, the reason that's on my mind is I visited Salem last year, um, and I found that, uh, disappointed. I much preferred Providence, um, where Lovecraft was from, but Salem is very touristy and it's full of these faux Wiccan shops, but it, I was slightly offended by the whole tone in Salem because it's got these, um, I don't know, it's full of things like all Wiccan gear right next to uh, Peruvian worry dolls, right next to um, Japanese. It's just a cultural mishmash of, oh, this is the co- this is the kind of thing. Oh, that and looks it, shiny. It, yes, exactly. And also, this is a town where people were actually murdered mm-hmm. by a mass illusion. I mean, there were no witches in Salem. There were just, you know, um, state-sanctioned murder and mass hallucinations. Um, not even mass hallucinations, to be honest, just, um, petty, uh, petty, uh, kind of, um, points, uh, correcting by people who've and been I've, wrong. I've had this grievance rages and now here is a way I can work it out. 
That's exactly what I was trying to say. Yes. Yeah, so, and I, I was a bit offended by Salem, uh, for making it, well, I mean, nothing wrong with it in a way, but it's a bit like, I, I don't know, having an industry based on, uh, uh I can't no, really think of it. Don't make the obvious analogy. Don't make the obvious analogy. Yes. Well, like, yeah, I'm dancing on it. But my point is there weren't any witches in Salem, but now they have a whole, industry based on it and in a way that's not what this film is at all this was this wasn't a cultural mishmash of um oh let's do it it seems to have a coherent faith but uh, maybe my natural slight resistance to it is because i was upset by salem and i I bounced off all that Mm. that kind of post uh modern Wiccan, there are tons of shops like that in Salem. Um, I mean, probably not with the, with the kind of knowledge and, um, power that this one had. Um, but, uh, yeah, it ever so slightly put me off. Uh, so I might, if I'm being unnecessarily down on the film, that might be it too. Mm, just looking at Hocus Pocus, that's, uh, 1993. And again, it's basically the witches, the bad guys. Uh, yeah, that I, I, that was probably not the best. It was on my mind because it's all over bloody Salem, Hocus Pocus. Yeah. But it's probably not the best example because that is a much more traditional or at the time traditional view of black hats and broomsticks and that kind of thing. Mm. Well, so, I, I think yeah. that's mostly... I, I like the craft a lot. I, I, I came to it thinking this is this is revered as a cult classic and, well, it's okay. It wasn't... wasn't yes. It, it wasn't... All right, we've we've talked before about excessive expectations, um, but I, I I do think a more technically skilled filmmaker could have done more with it. I can see why it is a cult classic, and I see why it's and I certainly wouldn't uh, complain about anyone for loving it. Uh, I, I guess for my money, <laughs> my favourite kind of take on the teen revenge drama would be Heather's. Mm. I mean, that is a really, that's a really, as, as we talked at the time, that was a very, very dark film. And that's, that's not what this is. Um, it's somehow Heather's dresses it up in kind of shiny colors and makes it look less dark. Um, but it, that's about people sort of getting power. In that case, it's, it's spoilers for Heather's, uh, the power over, you know, we can murder people now. We, we don't worry about it. And then that power, leading to a clash within the group. Mm. Um, I just felt the climax of Heather's is rather more... <laughs> rather, <laughs> play, plays rather better. Um, yeah, but I, I like it very much. It's no masterpiece for me. And I, I'm not sure it's like in the vanguard of the whole 90s stuff. I'm not sure. It feels to me like it was with the pack rather than right leading the forefront. Mm. But I, I, don't... I, I see it as influential specifically because it's saying that magic is just a thing you can do rather than... Yes. A, a thing you get born to or whatever. Oh, you can definitely see, you know, the way magic is portrayed in Buffy is basically this. And and they didn't do that for years later. So I have no doubt that had an influence on, um, on Buffy. In, in terms of its own qualities, I would agree, no masterpiece. It, it does get up a bit simply because of how much it was um, copied, consciously or unconsciously. Uh, I would say overall, probably not a masterpiece even so. But if I were, if, if somebody came to me and said, I, I want to make a supernatural drama, or indeed I want to run a supernatural campaign, this yes. is one of the things I would suggest on, on the recommended watching. Well, it's become, that's another sort of method of assessing whether it's, it has become a sort of touchstone for teen witchery, I think. And yeah, if you I mean, think of I, teen witchery copy it, now. I copy it, but... 
be aware. But you've got to reference, you've got to be aware of it. And yeah. I think that is a pretty good, that it certainly puts it in high esteem. Plus it is a, a female led film, uh, with some strong female characters. And we're, we're always happy to see that on Ribbon of Memes. So I'm never going to complain about mm-hmm. that. Um, but, uh, now I, I was going to say something. I'm going to throw salt over my shoulder. I'm going to offend any Wiccan or any Praxy Wiccan who's listening. So I'm not going to come up with some pseudo Wiccan reference to end the podcast. I'll just stop it. Blessed be. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs>